0: On this week's episode, is it time to renew our kingdom hearts? Is it a runaway win for Sonic? And is Severance the best show on television? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome. To the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, GameSource, PopCultureCosmos.com. We're also the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. And if you check out Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, you'll also see the latest news and trends of pop culture each and every day we post an update for you right there. Plus, and Media, all the great things that we do with Vampires and Vitae as well. Big shout out to Melinda and everything that we do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you could support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is our own guy on the severance floor for Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to go and check out what he's doing today at PopCultureCosmos.com. Humanic and Media, with not only one, but two great shows, Topic Topicocalypse and the Super BS Gamescast, plus his amazing book, which you have not gotten yet, which I know you need. No, it's not the you, you are. But it is, congratulations, you suck, it is now available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson, aka Josh Culture Cosmos. What's up, man?
1: what is up okay two things topic apocalypse is defunct so anyone going to find that's just like back episodes is not that no new yeah would you still still checking
0: place. out people you can still can check still,
1: it out yeah, yeah if they want to you still check it out two i was reading an article recently from the director of tales of arise you know i talked about that on the show how much i enjoyed that game Yeah, and he says there are no plans for a direct sequel to the game It got me thinking, like, it's not like the beefiest of games, but it's pretty long, you know, pretty good story It ties everything up in the end pretty well. These games that put out these like every three years, you know, they have a big title come out, whether it's Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts or, you know, the Tales games or whatever it might be. Some of these other JRPG titles like the Atelier stories. Do they need direct sequels? Because I feel like these games are all individual entries. So do we need... Direct sequels to a lot of these, like Final Fantasy is done, Final Fantasy 13, 2 No, don't Final even get me started on Final. Fantasy. I know, but I mean like in Kingdom Hearts, like Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance or Kingdom Hearts, whatever their long, dumb titles are called. Do we need these games? Does anybody actually want them?
0: Just need good storytelling. That's all you yeah. need. Just need good original stories. Does not have to be fixated. On something, I know when something reaches a level of success, everybody clamors. Like, for instance, Severance. We're going to be talking about that here in a little bit. Everybody's just waiting for season two. That's understandable because there's a continuous plot line and stories that people are connected to. And that's great. But for the most part, people don't necessarily need sequels. They just need good storytelling. You can put the characters in a different spot or somehow tie it loosely to whatever was successful for. But you don't need direct sequels per se
1: no and i agree with you Now, that's what got me thinking like i did not like final fantasy 13 2 or 13 3 i'd never played any of the kingdom hearts spinoffs just because they sound you know the the main line games are exhausting in themselves
0: well it's the old adage that we've said here on the show before you cannot tell me a complete and coherent storyline for either final fantasy or also as well the fast and furious which we'll be talking about <laughs> on today's show
1: right yeah anyways all this to say that the uh, tales of arise director said that just wait for the next game in the series to come out and i respect that you know we don't need any more sequels to games that don't
0: need them sounds good to me my friend sounds good to me original stories is what i'm after and that's what we'll talk about on today's show with severance i'll go ahead and mention my thoughts on the season as it were season one has ended concluded in dramatic and awesome fashion so i'll go ahead and share my thoughts on that here in a bit we'll also as well talk about a lot of great things including update you on the box office the troubles and perilous future for ezra miller we'll also be talking about tokyo vice my first three episodes with that halo episode three as well moon knight episode two also as well be talking about some video games Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Is it about two years too late for that game? We'll talk about that. Kingdom Hearts Tomb Raider. They both had new announcements on that front. We'll also talk about Unreal Engine 5 and maybe even a little bit of Sherlock Holmes and Fast 10 on the back end of the show. Plus, Todd Showalter from The Right Mind. He's on the back end of the show talking with me about pop culture. Some of the things that I've gotten him into, I got him into Severance. He checked out the first couple episodes. Plus, we'll be talking about the influence of social media on pop culture on the back end of the show as well. But first, my friend, it is the box office and Sonic speeding on by. It actually garnered well above expectations with $71 million earning here at the U.S. domestic box office. And really, it's going to score well on a worldwide basis as well. It is something that I think a lot of people were hoping would do well. The perilous future for that series, because Jim Carrey has announced that he is leaning towards retirement in this new wave of actors that are thinking about retirement. Marky Mark, as Mark Wahlberg has also contemplated that in public statements recently, but your thoughts on Sonic winning the big prize this weekend And we'll actually go into a lot more details about (laughs) some of the things that went on right below Sonic the Hedgehog in the box office this weekend as well.
1: So I have very good memories of going to see the first Sonic movie. Like This was the last movie that I saw before the pandemic started. We're up at a cabin up by Yosemite near Bass Lake, and we went to go see Sonic. You know, it's one of those small town theaters where you can get drinks and candy and all that for like less than five bucks. And
0: really, they still exist.
1: Oh my gosh, they do. This theater was amazing. So we went in there, we watched the movie. And then, like, two weeks later, we came out, we started hearing news reports of people saying, like, oh, hey, toilet paper going bye bye on at the grocery store shelves. And I didn't even believe any of that. But, it, you know, we went to the store the next day and the toilet paper is all gone, paper towels are all gone, all the pasta is being bought up is the last thing that I saw after taking a break from the movie theaters for like almost two years. Me and my family, we loved Sonic. So we're, we're excited to go see the new Sonic movie. I'm hearing good things and Idris Elba's time is knuckles. I hear is pretty cool. You know, I was reading that he wanted to do a more high pitch voice, but they wanted knuckles to be more of like a brawler tough guy sound to him. So mm-hmm. I think Idris Elba is very talented and I think he's, you know, having him as a voice actor is a really neat type of thing. I did hear about Jim Carrey saying that he might retire from acting, but then all of a sudden all these other articles are popping up about him reprising roles under certain conditions. So how much of that and all that? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how much of that you believe, but I do remember the director of Sonic reading that he said he would not recast Robotnik, which sent me down an interesting thought line here. Like what if the movies introduced a new villain and then that created a whole new direction for the games like that would be kind of cool
0: that would be kind of cool i'm hoping that someday we will go ahead and see a sonic the hedgehog three
1: well there is and a three there's just not a four
0: yeah well we'll, we'll see what oh happens.
1: oh sorry are you talking about the yeah. movie or the Yeah, video speak- the
0: we just talked about not going into sequels and look up, we're talking yeah. about sequels so it's yeah, like kind of funny weird. how we do that but for this, I think it needs a sequel. Plus, it also as well it continues the upward momentum for video games on entertainment platforms. That's what I really want to focus on with Sonic Hedgehog. Whether you like it or don't like it, whether you think it's good or not, I thought the first one was eh, it was alright. It was just kids fair.
1: Yeah. It was a good popcorn flick, you know. Yeah, wasn't?
0: I'm liking the fact that again, it's another video game IP that's doing well on an entertainment wide basis. So we can talk about Uncharted, even though the movie Uncharted, I didn't like it. But if it appealed to a mass audience enough to warrant a sequel, that will continue the line of Hollywood going into the IPs for video games. So we may see a Mass Effect. So we may see a Gears of War. So we may see other famous video game IPs used in the entertainment platform. To me, that's the ultimate goal. So no matter how much we'll talk about Halo and how (laughs) it is, and some other things that are going on in the world of video games and how they're reaching out into a entertainment platform. That to me is the big win in all of this. And that shows to me that people will go ahead and check out video game movies. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is a winner. And of course the video game industry, every time there's now a success, like we saw with halo a couple weeks ago with the largest opening for a series for paramount plus, it means there are more opportunities available for video games, but on the backside of the box office, <laughs> I do want to mention that I'm so happy that Everything Everywhere All at Once, one of the best movies of the year, around $6 million for its limited opening in theaters. But Ambulance was also the other wide release this weekend at the theaters, and it tanked. It uh, it bombed.
1: You know, I've, I'm hearing, though, that people actually kind of liked them like well, the so it got an A
0: minus cinema score. So yeah. whoever's going to see it, they're actually liking it. Right. But yeah, eight point seven million dollars here at the domestic box office for something that was in wide release in over two thousand, three thousand 3000 theaters, that's got to be a major disappointment and a sign. People are tired of Michael Bay's theatrics, his his whole directing shtick and the fact that you tried to go ahead and center this movie around an ambulance. I think that whole premise kind of spoke for itself. You
1: know, I was thinking about this over the last week after seeing those articles originally pop up is Michael Bay is a filmmaker of the 90s. Like he never broke out of that mold. Like the 90s, early 2000s, like he never pulled himself
0: Agreed. out
1: of that mold. Like he's a spectacle filmmaker. He While he makes spectacles well, his movies are always lacking in compelling stories. And I think that's a big issue because the film goer is different in 2022 as opposed to what they were 10 20 years ago back then everyone wanted to just see like explosions lens flares really cool things this is why i'm watching this i want to really push my surround sound system to the brink you know but now people are sitting there wanting something that compels them something that makes them think and i know we just got done talking about popcorn flicks and there's a time and a place for those but I don't think that Michael Bay's films are necessarily popcorn flicks either. They're just very harsh, I guess, is like the word I'm thinking of here. Like it's a lot of noise and just a lot of intense visuals.
0: Well, it's actually a quick demise for Michael Bay because a lot of his movies in the past decade have fallen on hard times. I think he needs to go the way that we're seeing now with Michael Mann, who's executive producing and actually directed the first episode of Tokyo Vice. Maybe he needs to go into the world of streaming with a series maybe he can latch on to that might reignite his career and reignite his name in the industry. I think that's a better way to go for him than just going ahead and saying, "Okay, we're going to give you a hundred million dollars. Go ahead and make a two hour movie that won't do anything at the box office.
1: Right. It seems like what he makes is very forgettable, though, if you watch something like you don't forget how much you didn't like it.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, there's still a lot of great things out there because Sonic the Hedgehog 2 seems to be a big hit with people, so that's a great sign for the video game industry indeed. But your thoughts out there on the box office, did you go get a chance to see Sonic? What are your thoughts on Sonic the Hedgehog 2 or everything everywhere all at once, which is also doing well in limited release or even Ambulance, which again, people are liking that go see it, but not a lot of people are seeing it. But let us know your thoughts on this weekend at the box office, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com.
1: Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos
2: Podcast. You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Witness the hubris
0: as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said that? Never said that. we have never said that.
2: Who cares? A jock said that.
0: Comic book, TV, movie reviews,
2: news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh.
0: Jock and Nerd. Well, there's so much more to talk about on today's episode, my friend. Wanted to go ahead and touch on the shows we've been watching. We've got a list of them right now that we've been watching, and I will end the half hour on the one that I have the highest most thoughts on, but it's our weekly reminder on, speaking of video game entities now in the entertainment world, Halo. It's episode three, my friend. Cortana has now been fully integrated, quote unquote, with Master Chief. Master Chief decided to... Actually, take out his emotion chip. That was another major part of this episode, and he is now trying to rediscover himself and this new integrated part of himself as well. This show is still not endearing me. I don't know with this spy, this this human that is now part of the covenant, that she is now reintegrating herself with the humans, but she ended up killing off a entire crew of the UNSC with. It's was the
1: hunter, the uh, I forget what their like name is in the show, but they're the hunters from the games. Like beneath their arm, it's a hive of these worm like things. Okay, so that works together as a body, it's just the armor keeps them keeps them in form. Okay. And so that's why they showed that quick glimpse of her on the ship, and you see like the the little worm thing popping out of the knee armor piece. Okay,
0: fair enough. And she also has laser nails, so that was very interesting yeah, to
1: see interesting
0: yeah so your thoughts this show isn't getting much better for me but i'm still gonna trek through it i told you i I would not exactly loving what i'm seeing but your thoughts on halo episode three Mm -hmm. (laughs) you said you were on the fence have Uh, you fallen off
1: it's i'm still on the fence but i'm like hanging on by just a couple fingers you know like I want so bad to like this show, but it's just, nothing's happening. What really defines the game is you have these two or three minute cinematics, but it's almost every five seconds you're being thrown into another firefight of some kind. The show is incredibly lacking in any action at all. I love that they're trying to humanize the Master Chief, like the emotion chip being pulled out and everything. Cool. But why? what's the purpose of this? Is this a show about the Master Chief or is this a show about Halo?
0: This series just is not being directed well. I'll, that's all I'll say.
1: No, and ultimately we know that Master Chief and that lady are going to have a confrontation of some kind. It'll probably be a fight. Yeah. But you get a lot of Master Chief's feelings and stuff, I guess, in the games, but they don't really humanize Master Chief very well. They they started to recently. In the show, they're humanizing Master Chief, which is cool But it's not Halo. You're not getting the richer mythology in the entire Halo universe. You're just kind of like going from place to place. And that other character, Quan, I'm not really attached to her at all. Like, I don't know why they keep showing her. Like, I hope maybe there will be some kind of payoff in the end where she'll have some big story. There's a complete and total lack of action in the show. And the whole thing with like, oh, hey, I need to build a clone of myself. I need to like do a lobotomy on her and scan her brain while she's dying and put it into the master chief's ai hole they dug in the back of his head that doesn't make any sense to me because you know in the game she just did she like it's a chip it's a chip she scanned her brain put it onto a chip and gave it to master chief like she it was the ai it wasn't meant to like keep him from doing things and I just felt that that whole thing was unnecessary sitting there going, are they going to stick that needle in her eye? Like that just felt incredibly unnecessary.
0: This is going to appeal like uncharted. This is going to appeal to an audience that is not familiar with the video games a lot more than the people who love the video games. Simple as that. You've got this, the insurrectionist, the level of insurrection because now there's different levels of insurrectionists as Mm -hmm. far as the different types that are in the show that are for or against the UNSC Then you have the Covenant and then you have the UNSC side of things and you've mashed them all together. You've not told a great story in any one of these aspects. So there's nothing compelling for people to follow in any one of these aspects. So that's why it's continuing for me as a sludge to go through. So, yeah, it's really been a disappointment so far. But again, if it's getting the ratings, that's all I care about. Because, again, it will allow other video game shows to be on an entertainment platform.
1: Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I looked at IGN's rating after the show. Uh, yeah, I,
0: I don't get it. I don't it's know. It's a 7.
1: That. Everything that's... Or every an 8. Episode... Yeah, every... well, yeah, last week's got an 8. The first episode was 7. This episode was a 7. Like, I, I it almost feels like they're being told to give this rating because if I'm sitting there thinking like, man, this is actually not that great. You know, how is it still getting a seven from all these publications? Yeah, you know, it makes you wonder if they're getting some some pay for it. But and honestly, I think that having a harsh review on an episode like saying, oh, this episode gets like a four or five would really make the producers sit back and go like, oh, maybe we need to change something, you know?
0: Well, again, it's our thoughts on Halo episode three, just not going in the direction we want to go in. But if you have thoughts, let us know. Also, want to mention Moon Knight episode two. I know Melinda and I talked about it, but where is it going for you on Moon Knight episode two? I
1: don't know. I really like it. It's interesting. It's really pulling me in. Me and my wife sit there and we watch it, but so far, like I'm, I'm enjoying it. It has its, it's funny. You know, it's got its comedy, but it's also got its seriousness, and I love that comparison of the two, Stephen and Mark. And Stevens, this guy, doesn't really know what he's doing. And he's, you know, he fell off the building. going, suit, suit. And he has a different Moon Knight costume than Mark does. It's a very interesting show going through it. For the other Marvel shows that have been on, whether WandaVision or Captain America or, you know, Loki, I've watched it because I just felt obligated to. But like this show, I'm actually, I'm genuinely excited to watch.
0: It's a pretty good show for me as well. Again, it's not as far as there as Hawkeye for me, because Hawkeye, I think, was the best Marvel show out there, but this is pretty good. The dynamic between Mark Spector and Steven Grant, I agree with you on that. It's it's still very interesting. And now Mark Spector seems to have control right now of the body of the avatar for Kanchu as it were as we're heading into episode three, halfway through already on Moon Knight. So that's something people need to keep in mind as we go ahead in through the series. But yeah, things are looking good so far. And again, I'm I'm finding it interesting. My daughters are finding it interesting as well. So I'm really looking forward to seeing more of Moon Knight.
1: I can't recommend it enough to people as of right now.
0: I will mention before we go ahead and head to the break that Tokyo Vice, the first three episodes are now available on HBO and HBO Max. I just wanted to mention that. This series is about a young American reporter who is trying to climb up through the ranks in one of Tokyo's largest newspaper as he details in his way the work of the Tokyo underworld and the Yakuza and everything that's going on there. And he aligns himself with a seasoned police detective in order to go ahead and try to uncover what's going on with all these shadow companies and the whole Nine Yards as far as an impending Yakuza war between different families. That's going to be setting itself up in these episodes because it's already aligning itself up there. It's very intriguing. It's executive produced by Michael Mann. The first episode was directed by Michael Mann. He of Miami Vice and some very stylistic movies as well that we talked about Michael Bay. He was very subdued in his directorial episode and also the preceding episodes. It's very standard storytelling. It's nothing that's going to be outlandish or stylistic, which was kind of a disappointment to me, seeing how he has had his fingertips on so many great stylistic movies over the past three decades, but four decades, actually, if you consider Miami Vice, but still a really solid watch. And I do recommend it at this point because it's right now has – the point where the lead character is getting noticed by the yakuza and not in a good way if i may go ahead and add that in
1: speaking of main character how's ansel agort in that is he
0: he's from west side story just to let everybody know
1: and, yeah baby yeah. driver
0: yeah absolutely he's actually pretty good he's actually pretty believable as the guy who comes over from missouri he's been studying for years to try and break into the tokyo newspaper business he shows he can write and also speak fluent japanese it's very intriguing. He often conversates in Japanese and really is a good part of this equation as far as the series is concerned. Yeah, really strong show. Does not do anything to go ahead and take any chances, but still, it's really solid storytelling. It's based in the first part of the century, 1999 to 2001. That's when this takes place, over a two-year period of time, and is a rough start in the industry, the Tokyo newspaper business and it shows his climb and also getting noticed. The more he does well in the newspapers, the more notice he gets from the Yakuza. And that's where it starts to get interesting.
1: All right, I'll check it out. I know I saw a trailer for that the other day and I was intrigued by it.
0: It's got another storyline with another American girl that is working with bars where she gets paid to go ahead and speak to and uh, accompany Japanese businessmen. That part of it really isn't very interesting. I just think it's kind of an added thing that they really did need. I
2: yeah. think that
0: just the focus on the crime story, which they do ninety percent of the time, I think that's the best part of the show. But yeah, it's something I think people need to go out of their way and watch.
1: Yeah, I think Ansel Agort's is incredibly talented. This is definitely something I am interested in watching. Having you know, me and you both have a background in news writing, so yeah definitely we'll check this out and i'll get you my thoughts on it at a later date
0: absolutely if you get a chance tokyo vice let us know pop cosmos at yahoo.com but before we hit the break my friend ha ha ha, severance season one ended last week on apple plus and I'm just going to say it ended on exactly the note I think it needed to. The fact it had answered some questions and it gave you many more for a season two, which was announced shortly before the episode aired, was truly a great ride. Just the whole nine episodes is a great ride. Severance is, to me, a fantastic watch. The twists and turns are all necessary. They're all needed. You need to pay close attention to detail. It rewards viewers for watching it multiple times. And really, when it comes down to it's not only outstanding acting, it's not only outstanding storytelling and direction, cinematography for the limited spaces that they're in most of the episodes are dictated in are truly, truly outstanding as well. Really, this is something that was well put together by the executive producer ben stiller who directed several of the episodes and this to me is a case where i think we're seeing some of the best television that's out there for 2022 i already started seeing atlanta season three and that's truly fantastic but you see this fresh new thing on the screen that pops out at you that tells a mystery that invests your time that respects your time and to me again there's a lot of great shows that are out there. I'm sure we'll be talking about the boys again, as far as one of the best that's out there and a lot more shows are coming up this year. But truly, I think right now, if you had to put a finger on it, I think severance is the best show for 2022.
1: All right. Yeah. Still interested in watching. Got to take some time to sit down and check this out. I know it's, it's it's, the
0: best one, man. I I need to talk some spoilers, man. I I, I need to talk some spoilers put it this way i need to go ahead and speak to someone about it because the fact is there's a lot of speculation of what will take place for season two so i'd love to have a conversation with you or someone out there on it so i mean please let us know pop culture cosmos if you watched it and you want to talk season two let me know or josh please come on, sit down for this nine episodes to of any show i've ever recommended to you this is the one if you like mystery if you like comedy, dark comedy, if you like think something that's funny, that's irreverent, that's original, yet familiar, that takes you to a place that you didn't see coming each and every time out, this is a show for you. I cannot recommend it highly enough.
1: All right. I'll, ch- I'll watch it. I'll watch it.
0: Yeah. You keep telling me that. You keep telling me that. You and Melinda both. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. It's hard waiting.
1: to fit new shows in, you know? Uh,
0: I'm waiting. Believe me, Halo is nothing compared to this. It's the anti-Halo. I know. It's definitely worth your time. What are your thoughts out there on Severance season one? It is truly an incredible watch for me. Is it the same for you? I've been on the forums, I've been on the Facebook pages and the Facebook groups, and they've had a tremendous response for this. So please, we want to hear your thoughts on Severance on Apple Plus. Season one is concluded. Did it do everything that you needed to do for a television show? Did for me. But let me know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, coming up next is Todd Showalter from the Right Mind Podcast. He's going to be talking about severance, but also some other things as well, including social media and the impact on entertainment and pop culture. That's coming up after the break. And then after that, Josh and I will be wrapping up the show with thoughts on some video games, Sherlock Holmes, Fast 10, and Ezra Miller. The future, as a flash, may be in some questions. We'll talk about that as well. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy and Goodness. And this time we talk Marvel
2: figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, playsets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that and, of
1: course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the J and Rob Toy Show Season 2,
0: exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. And we're back with Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. Thank you so much for watching and listening. We truly appreciate it. I'll tell you what. It's a great time to go ahead and talk about pop culture. There's so many great things that are out right now. It's the spring. People are out. People are doing stuff. People are checking out things at the movies. People are catching the latest shows on television. There's so much we talk about each and every day here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. And here today to talk about the pop culture that he wants you to know about, you got to go ahead and check him out on YouTube right now. That's right. YouTube. Because he's got the right mind. That's right. The Right Mind podcast available right now on YouTube. It is Todd Showalter. Todd, great to have you here. Thank you so much for stopping by. And first off, thank you so much again for allowing me the honor of being part of your program as well.
2: Oh, no, thank you. It was a great show. And that's all thanks to you. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it.
0: Now, you don't get me started on pop culture. I'll just start blah, 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 blah. blah.
2: <laughs> There's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. A lot of stuff to cover.
0: Oh, absolutely! I finished editing my show for the Friday dump off to all the stations, and of course, putting it out wherever podcasts are out there. And I appreciate everyone for listening for that. It was funny. I, I finished it around three o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, "Oh, I got to go ahead and check out the last episode of Severance for season one on Apple Plus." And I said, "I got to get." I've told you about it on your show. I'm like, "Tell okay. you, you know
2: what?" I followed your uh, suggestion, and I, I just finished episode two. Really? And I, yeah i just started it and um i gotta tell you i haven't seen anything quite like that it took me a while to kind of you know fathom what was going on i'm not used to cerebral television in more ways than one won't go into the whole thing of whatever it's all about but it's a it's a really it's an interesting premise and it really it uh, kind of sucks you in after a while doesn't it
0: it does, and that's why people are really invested into it, and they really like what happened in the season finale. And I won't get into any spoilers because you're just starting out your mm-hmm. adventure and your binge, per se. It's like if The Office went bad and yeah. dark, and it really is something that is capturing a lot of people's attention. It, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that weekly, mysterious, everybody getting around the water cooler and talking about what happened with Lost each and every week way back when.
2: Right, right. Well, I don't, you know I don't know about you, but I spent about a little bit under a week in corporate America before I escaped, and it brought back really bad memories oh. of the whole corporate culture that I'm glad to have never ventured back into. So, yeah, it,
0: it does paint a dark portrait of it. Yes, I'm so thankful that you are watching Severance, and it is truly a fantastic part of Apple Plus there's gotta be some more stuff that you're watching. You say you don't watch much as far as on the television that's out there, but what are some of the things that you're hearing? I know you've had some some great guests recently, Mike Mm -hmm. Faber of the ESO Network. He's been stopping by on your program. There's some great shows Mm -hmm. that you have as part of your program, but what are some of the things that you're thinking about checking out or that you have checked out that really people should know about?
2: Well, you know, it's funny because a lot of the, the, the guests that I've had on my show, I think I mentioned this to you before, is, you know, you may know them for the roles they've played, but even on the on the front of of authors and things like that, I, what I try to do is kind of go into maybe some of the things that you haven't thought about. It. Maybe there's some things that you just didn't really know them for, so to speak. And so I try to bring that to the forefront and kind of show that, you know, yeah, they, they've got the same type of issues as all of us, and they also uh, maybe bring, bring some things to the table that we never would have expected from these people.
0: What are some of the things that maybe you you know well, that you, know, out that I you mean- didn't expect? Well, a lot of
2: it is, you know, some of the um, just uh, interest that some of these people have. I mean, I'm one, one person I had on, he was a uh, a regular on Seinfeld and Friends and things like that, uh, Larry Hankin. I don't know if you're familiar with yes. him. And it turns out, you know, he's a uh, like an industrial designer. He studied, he went to an East Coast school and, you know, he has all that he was going to go to work for General Motors and do all this stuff. And, and so just things like that, that, you know, I like finding things out about people that, you know, you don't typically uh, expect from them. So, you know, that, and I think, you know, just the subject matter of our show, you know, what I try to do is look at the common sense aspect of things. Right now we live in a time where, you know, there's so many narratives, especially through television, that kind of sway us to think one way or the other, And whether you're a celebrity or whether you're just somebody on the street or whether you're dealing with some issues, how do you look at these different things that we're dealing with in today's culture and what is your perspective and what common sense aspect do you bring to it? So I don't know, we, we try to cut through all that canned narrative, as I said, and just cut to the chase and see what people really think.
0: You and I both, when we discuss on your show talked about the influence of social media and how much it's impacted every part of our lives and obviously you know in the real world it does affect us with certain things that are done on each of the social media platforms but when it comes to entertainment Mm -hmm. and the fact that if something is trending in the right direction or something is trending worldwide it can influence a lot of people it can influence yourself myself it can influence millions of people Just Mm -hmm. by the way, if it's trending in the right direction, it's almost like a wind flowing in one direction. If it's flowing right for a series or a TV show or a movie or whatnot, that can mean the ultimate decision whether or not that becomes successful or not.
2: Oh yeah, and you got to look at also who are the people that are starting those trends. Like for example, when when you suggested that I check out Severance, yeah, I mean you know your stuff and I think, well, this is worth doing. If it had been some Instagram model that had suggested it, I don't know if I would have done it. So I mean, I think even though we have all of this stuff in social media designed I don't know if by, regardless, I mean, to to sway us one way or another, again, if you bring the common sense aspect to it, who are the people that are actually suggesting these things? Yeah, I think that plays a big factor. Unfortunately, I think there are a lot of people out there that are following the trends set by people that really uh, don't have any place setting trends.
0: And that's something, again, that you'll see commonplace in our society in social media just people with millions of followers and viewers out there right. that you go why do they have millions of right. people that follow them on a daily basis and and they're influenced and they're, they make millions of dollars off of that it just it seems sometimes head-scratching to say the least but again that's our society as a whole and The things that these entertainment companies, these these networks, these streaming outlets, these film companies do to go ahead and try and capitalize off that, it can mean a lot as far as your ultimate success factor is concerned.
2: Oh, no. And I totally agree. And you know, I give all the credit in the world to somebody that can make millions of dollars just spotting their opinion, whether you have any credibility or not. I mean, if they're going to pay the money, go ahead. I just don't understand a lot of people that follow it. I mean, for example, TikTok. I'm not trying to sound like an old man or anything, but I just don't get it. I mean, you have people out there doing ridiculous things and you have people following them like crazy. And you know, that's neat. That's fine. But I, I you know, I'm not going to base where I'm going to go for dinner based on somebody doing a TikTok prank. And it just seems like they're following the wrong leads. I mean, they're they're following whoever's popular, regardless of whether they're even worth following. And to me, that's a little scary. Personally, I would like to be following my trends if I ever did from people that are actually credible and knew what the heck they were talking about. That doesn't seem to be the case.
0: Before we headed out, Is there something you always go to as a go-to type thing for your entertainment? Mm -hmm. I mean, you said your entertainment buffet is in a certain scope. What do you look for in entertainment? Maybe some things from the past that really make your enjoyment that much better?
2: I like television as much as the next guy. It's just, it's some of the newer television that I have a problem with. A lot of the stuff, I just, I I can't get into it. So one of the things that I've been doing recently, and my wife both and I, I mean, especially since all this pandemic stuff started, is we've been going back and looking at shows that have been out there for quite some time that people have already known and watched. But one of the things that we're doing now, I just got into Homeland. Okay, I mean, and I am addicted to that show. And everybody's been through it; that's old news. And now I think we're on season six or something like that. But in I mean, the acting, and the stories, and the writing, and everything, it's just so top notch. Those types of programs, really, you know, I mean, I just I eat them up. I mean, I love them. I mean, they get me involved, and I can't wait until the next one. It's not so much that television as a whole. I mean, there's some great content out there. You know, another one was with Gabriel Byrne in therapy. Uh, I that. That came across. It is phenomenal. And I th- and I came by across it just by mistake. I think he did over 100 episodes of this series that just went on and on and on that nobody really knows about. And it's just a very low-key show. He's a therapist, and he has an ensemble of these patients that he deals with. And it's just one-on-one. It it would be a great play, actually. And each episode has just a different story of of him in therapy with one of his patients. And I didn't know anything about it. It, It's phenomenal. I I guess one of the things that I have been doing is going back and revisiting a lot of these things that uh, a lot of people, uh, it's just old news for. So that's what I'm doing now. Homeland. I love it.
0: Once again, it's Todd Showalter. And Todd, thank you so much for joining us. But before we head on out, it's your time to go ahead and do the plug. The shameless plug time here on the show. Tell us what's going on because you're in the right mind on your.
2: Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd like everybody to come visit my show again. It's the right mind podcast. It's on all the major podcast platforms. It's also on YouTube. We cover a lot of controversial issues and try to get a common sense perspective on them, the whole pandemic issue, as well as entertainment actors, authors, things like that. But again, regardless of what the subject matter is, you know, we try to bring a common sense look at things. It's rather than any type of swayed narrative, from a logical common sense standpoint, what do these people actually think of these things? And it's interesting because sometimes you're surprised.
0: Absolutely. It's something that I am checking out now, and I've been honored to be a part of it. It is the Right Mind Podcast. Please go ahead and check it out today, wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe today on YouTube. Get to see it in full living yeah, color. Yeah, subscribe, right there, please. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So living color. Yeah.
2: yeah,
0: great show again. I appreciate thank you so much, Todd, for stopping by. You're always welcome back. As thank I always you. tell guests, the red carpet is always open for you. I've rolled it on out, so you're well, always I- welcome back.
2: I'm not used to that though. Usually I get the door slammed in my face. No, so this no, is, no, this no, is no door
0: slamming here. No door slamming here, but the red carpet's always pre- open for you. We appreciate so much time stopping it. by and thank you so much. And hope you're gonna go ahead and come back on the show right here at the pop culture Costa.
2: Appreciate it. Thank you very much.
0: Or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. And we're back with the show as the Pop Culture Cosmos. want to thank so much Todd Showalter from the Right Mind Podcast for stopping by on the program. But before we head on out, Josh... Wanted to go ahead and talk some Ezra Miller because he has gotten into some legal trouble as of late. And if you ever head to Hawaii and have an Airbnb or whatnot, please don't allow him to come over and crash on your couch. Because obviously that's didn't, didn't wasn't a good sign because he uh, kind of freaked out when he was down there in Hawaii. Beautiful place. One of the worst places you should go ahead and do that. But your thoughts on Ezra Miller, because it's now been rumored that Warner Brothers is now rethinking uh, its future with Ezra Miller as a flash after Flashpoint. Your thoughts on Ezra Miller. We've talked about this before with him. He just doesn't seem to get it that you got to stay out of trouble in order to go ahead and continue a successful career in Hollywood
1: he's kind of crazy like i don't think it's just the drugs you know i think there's something else going on with him that he's needing drugs to suppress like i think he what he needs is some good rounds of therapy like why does he feel the need because you know, i remember back when he was in the perks of being a wallflower he's just kind of like whatever you know he's just kind of a normal actor and then it seems like with the more money he gets the more he kind of falls off his rocker much as like I think he was cool as the Flash, like they should recast him. And I kind of I've been following the story a little bit, and I know they're trying to say like, hey, with the Flashpoint, the multiverse open, like you could easily get Grant Gustin, I think his name is yeah. from the the Flash show. It'd be a good place to end the show and just have him take over in the DCU role, which would be kind of cool if you think about
0: it. Absolutely, because they've already tried to introduce it already on the TV show where. Ezra Miller has stopped by to do a cameo on that show as the flash is a different flash and the Flashpoint and all that. But mm-hmm. yeah, definitely something that they need to think about. Also, you got to realize that these actors, they start getting in trouble like this. He's not necessarily needed on the fantastic beast. I understand that he's part of the latest fantastic Beasts, which can be dropping here in a week, but I think that he could be like Mads Mickelson. Mads Mickelson replaced Johnny Depp. No one seems to be really up in arms about that as far as that's concerned. And if Ezra Miller got replaced on that, I don't think anybody would be in up in arms about that either. And I think that if he loses the flash job, he only has himself to blame.
1: You know who kind of looks like him is Barry Kilgan. Yes. They could just recast him with him. And I don't think half the people who watch these movies really know the difference because they, no they kind of have the same like facial structure kind yeah. of. So I don't know, man, uh, you know, but I one's a little no... bit more
0: serious. One's a little bit more comedic. I
1: think. That's yeah. Yeah. I mean. And I know Barry contract with Marvel with the Eternals and he's contracted with Warner brothers right now. Cause he was the Joker in the new Batman yes. could work That's just my opinion though.
0: There you go. We'll wait and see what are your thoughts out there on Ezra Miller's constant troubles? Do you think he will still have a future or should he have a future as the flash Please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, before we head on out, my friend, much to cover on the video game world as Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga came out last week to positive reviews. The only thing is, did it come out two years too late?
1: I guess if you're looking at it in like through the eyes of continuity, yeah, probably, but... With these Lego games, kids eat these up, man. Like, if you can push out a Lego game of any type, you do a Back to the Future, you do a Titanic Lego game, and people will still eat this stuff up. Because... It's like the
0: Ghostbusters game. There's a Ghostbusters game coming out later this year, but after the movie came out last year, I mean, you got to do the tie-ins, man. You got to tie it you, in together.
1: Right, right. You got to do the tie-ins, but again, like, I, a lot of the people who play these are little kids, and I don't think they're playing them for content. I think they're playing them because... You can do four-player co-op and you can build things with your friends and they're easy achievements. Like there's so much of these games outside the story that are so enjoyable for a lot of people.
0: Is the Lego series all really played now by kids? Just by kids? Do you check out I've, the streams?
1: No, they're not all played by kids. Because I know I have co-workers who play these Lego games and they, they'll do it for trophies or they'll do it for achievements. Or they'll just do it because it's a way for them to bond with their kids. You know, and that's that's something that I think they have really cornered the market on because there's not a lot of games out there that provide an opportunity like that.
0: We'll see what happens again. It is LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. If you have played it or enjoying it, please let us know. Popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Kingdom Hearts is part of its 20th anniversary celebration. Announced that a new Kingdom Hearts is on the way. You're shaking your head no. Is that something that you're obviously interested in or not? you let me
1: know kingdom hearts 4 no no why why i mean called money man kingdom hearts 3 took like 15 years to come out kingdom hearts 4 it's i'm gonna be 40 no oh i'll probably be like 45 when this game is finally released i'll be 92 yeah right exactly so why you know these games the last game was not really like lauded by critics you know people weren't like stoked to play it, and these games take so long to develop. The storylines are so convoluted. Like in my, your heart's heart is my heart, 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 heart. Like it's just like it doesn't make any sense. Tetsuya Nomura, like he's not somebody who should be put in charge of a project like Kingdom Hearts because he has made it so inaccessible for so many people. You know, and if they're trying to do like Final Fantasy, we're like, hey, you can jump in. On whatever entry you want to, the story in Kingdom Hearts is so hard to follow that you would be completely lost, despite all the Disney characters.
0: Oh no! They'll also come out with Kingdom Hearts three and a third, Kingdom Hearts three and seven eighths. Oh you know, yeah, yeah, five nineteens. You know, 19ths, you know they, they have all these uh, offshoots, which again, like Final Fantasy, instead of bringing out a new. Thing in the series, they'll always just go ahead and branch off and to do something a little bit extra that's still familiar yet still falls the same yeah. true line. Yeah,
1: right. And speaking of Final Fantasy, because namora was in charge of that series too. Remember back when Final Fantasy Versus thirteen, Final Fantasy thirteen, Ag- Agito or Agito or whatever it's called, he was in charge of that whole universe, and then he just took so darn long to make these games that square was like you know what we're going to give final fantasy versus 13 to someone else and we're going to turn to final fantasy 15 came out game was pretty good
0: it's so so funny though we're talking about uh, we started our conversation today with talking about originality and not going into sequels and what have we ended up doing for most of the rest of the show
1: talking about sequels but it just you know you, you just look at the development process for a game like kingdom hearts and not to say Nomura's not talented. He just takes, he's just not a good storyteller and it takes him so long to do things. Like the worlds he makes are beautiful, but it's just, they're so hard to follow and they're so hard to approach as a new player. Cause look at, we're having kingdom hearts four come out, it's been 20, 20, yeah, it's been 20 years since the first kingdom hearts game came out. And if you're trying to get new fans onto this franchise, those old games are so hard and they're so hard to follow and you jump on at number four and it's just gonna you're gonna be lost so i just this is not a franchise that i feel needs to keep going
0: one thing that will still keep going is tomb raider because another tomb raider has been announced i think the rebirth of tomb raider as it were the reimagining of tomb raider worked well the first couple times around yeah. Your thoughts on continuing this series, it was also announced alongside a announcement of a new Unreal Engine, Unreal Engine 5, that's now available to all the developers and publishers out there to go ahead and develop their games with. Your thoughts on a new Tomb Raider on the horizon for Crystal Dynamics?
1: I think it's great. Like I've actually been hoping for this. I don't know if you got a chance to go play the Tomb Raider games but with... they're really good. You know, they're they're fun. They've got an uncharted vibe to them. They don't have the comedy, you know, of Nathan Drake, the the comedic moments, but it's still really interesting. A lot of great puzzles, a lot of great mythology in there, a lot of great backstory for some of these characters. has got a killer
0: bow, by the way.
1: Yeah, yeah. The bow and like the game mechanics, yeah, the, the bow and arrow and the crafting systems are really well put together in this series i didn't really like the ending of the last game but it's still a world that i would go back to and unlike you know final fantasies or kingdom hearts or whatever you can jump in on this game on any entry like sometimes they have small little references to the games that came before but for the most part like every entry feels like a great jumping on point for people who have never played
0: well again it's going to be very interesting to see what will develop out of a new Tomb Raider for Lara Croft, trying to go ahead and explore the world once again as only she can. We'll see if this continues to be a successful series for Crystal Dynamics, or I know that Square Enix has been critical of the last game's success, or lack thereof. It did meet the levels of success that they wanted to. In fact, they've been quite critical of the domestic releases of late that they've, in fact, what the last Guardians of Galaxy, I think, was something that was critically hailed but didn't perform at the level that they expected, nor has the Avengers, something that they were very high on, and I think a lot of people were anticipating it to be great, but unfortunately didn't quite stick the landing there as well. So well,
1: It's the Marvel properties that seem to be not doing so well for them. But
0: when the last Tomb Raider came out, it also didn't meet their sales expectations, from what I remember.
1: To me, like I felt like the South American mayan into the world type thing was not a great story because i feel like it's just been beaten to death and i wonder if that's what kind of drove a lot of people away from it too
0: who knows who knows but i'm hoping that i will go ahead and continue to revive the lara croft character we'll see what happens with the new tomb raider but your thoughts out there on tomb raider and also unreal engine 5 if you have any thoughts on that please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. And also share us your thoughts out there on Kingdom Hearts, the new Kingdom Hearts on the way. Maybe by the time we hit Senior Citizens, but you know, it'll be coming out supposedly <laughs> at some point in right. time. But let us know, Kingdom Hearts 4, pop Cosmos, at yahoo.com. Well, before we head on out, my friend, a couple last notes. I know that the entertainment world was abuzz when they heard robert downey jr's name pop up but it was only said that he is going to be executive producing a new sherlock holmes series i believe for hbo and hbo max i guess that's okay i still would like to see another movie this is one where i think that there should be another movie with him and jude law as opposed to a series that he's only going to be overseeing and not really interacting with on a starring basis what are your thoughts on that
1: i feel the same like i know he was supposed to be in a third one and as far as i know he still is going to be in a third one but when COVID started they halted production on that indefinitely it just hasn't been put back into production yet so i don't know what's going on with that i know jude laws doing the fantastic beast series right now so it might be a while but as far as like an extended universe yeah that could be cool but i don't know what else would inhabit that universe there's not really
0: I mean, Sherlock Holmes has been done so many times in so many ways, in so many different fashions.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I don't know if they're like a Watson spinoff or if there's going to be like some kind of like Jack the Ripper spinoff. I don't know. Like it's a world that doesn't, I don't feel like it, it it sounds cool in theory, but I don't think there's enough in it to really do something like that.
0: We've seen Enola Holmes. We've seen elementary. We've seen... Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch I mean we've seen so many variations in recent years not even talking about the last two three decades before that I'm talking about in recent years what really can you bring to the game when it comes to a new version of Sherlock Holmes
1: yeah you know what makes those movies so great is is Guy Ritchie and his the way that he's he edits things and the way that he tells stories then I don't think that that's going because chances are he's not going to be involved in these spinoffs. So I I don't know how well that that's going to translate into a show.
0: Well, we'll see what happens there. But if you have hopes for a Robert Downey Jr. blessing on a new series for Sherlock Holmes, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Although, again, with HBO having all these IPs out there, you got to go ahead and do something with them to make series out of them. It's all about content. Something I've talked about before with a streaming service having an IP that is going to be in need of content, that is Peacock. And they still haven't done yet anything with the Fast series outside of the movies. And you mentioned Brie Larson jumping on Fast 10. Joining Jason Momoa and probably every other big star that's not named The Rock, it's
1: turning into the Expendables is what's yeah,
0: happening here. It, it, that's all it is. And but again, yeah. it's, the Fast and Furious has never been based on coherent storytelling. It's never been based on even good storytelling.
1: It's Michael it's, Bay syndrome.
0: The Michael Bay syndrome is just about how many cars can we jump? Where can we go to next? Can we go to space? Can we see people screaming all over the place and, and laughing and, you know, just a couple good jokes and blah, 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 blah. live my life quarter mile at a time, blah, 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 blah. And all that, you know, that's great. I mean, we'll see it. We'll watch it. It's again, like you said, early with Sonic's popcorn flick. That's all it needs to do. But I think there should be a future for it. Once Fast 10 and the sequel is done, you know, the two-parter that they're going to be doing for it, they got to go ahead and look towards the future. And I would say Peacock, again, you're going to have to develop a series for it. It wouldn't be that hard. It wouldn't be that stretch. You just, you know, again, crash some cars and there you go.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not to say Brie Larson's a bad actress. I just don't really go out of my way to watch a lot of things that she's in just because I'm not too familiar with her outside the Marvel movies. Getting Academy kind of burnt- Award winner. Academy Award winner. Getting kind of burnt out on the Fast movies myself. So I don't know if this is big news to me, but it's, yeah, like you said, it just seems like they're trying to assemble as many people as possible. And, you know, I feel like if they get any more big actors, this could possibly turn into the most expensive movie ever made.
0: Most likely. But remember, it's all about family, family, family. Yeah. But again, you lose the rock. You're trying to replace the rock with so many other different big name stars. I think that's all that matters. I think that's mm-hmm. all it comes down to is just, that's all you're going to do okay, we lost a big name. we got to get like two or three big names to go ahead and replace him.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's so funny how Vin Diesel's like trying to, oh, it's tough love, man. Like, yeah, you don't tough love the rock. Yeah, you don't.
0: No, no. Well, what are your (laughs) thoughts out there on how Fast 10 is developing? Are you excited for the new additions in Brie Larson and Jason Momoa? I'm sure more is on the way to come for Fast 10. So please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, thanks so much, as always, for being part of this week's show. Coming up later this week on the Friday show, you know we're going to be talking about more great things of pop culture as Melinda Barkhouse-Ross and I steps into the PCC multiverse. But any last thoughts before we head on out?
1: No, not that I can think of. You know, I've, I've been getting a little more excited for Jurassic World Dominion, you know, seeing some new things on there. And I'm sure we'll have more to talk about. Once but you mentioned moving. something
0: about the Joker.
1: Colin Trevorov had said that the big, you know how they had like Spinosaurus in Jurassic Park 3 and the Indo, oh. whatever his the Indo Raptor in the last movie, like the big, like villain dinosaur in this. He's like equating to the Joker, like the end-all be-all, you know, just wanting to watch the world burn type of character. So it'll be interesting to see like what he means by that, because obviously dinosaurs aren't sentient enough to well, they're sentient, but they're not like intelligent enough to be like. I'm going to organize crime. So I just am interested to see what he means by that.
0: Are you sure? We could have another situation where it's you saying clever girl.
1: Yeah, right, right.
0: So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We Thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great,